0: the high desert in the great American Southwest West. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. John, welcome to the program. Good to have you with us. You with us. You with us. you with us.
1: Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. This is a podcast where two brothers analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Rick Wilson to your Bill Crystal, but I didn't start a political pact to steal money from old liberal women we got there i was wondering where that was going to end up i was wondering where that was going to end up (laughs) Uh, they're just such tools dude they are actually the worst they they are the worst so bad it's one out of ten i don't want to agree with you people Mm -hmm. i feel that i feel that well chris today we have an episode that i think you will want to agree with okay we are going to be listening to George Norrie's interview with Mike Barra on February 14th of 2022. And during this interview, Chris, we are going to be discussing the JFK assassination alien yes. technology connections. Yes. Yes. The connection between the two? Yes. They used an alien gun to kill Kennedy? He was killed because of alien technology, not with it. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh my gosh. So this is a little bit of a different take on it. I was expecting, you know, maybe CIA, maybe Cuba, maybe the Soviets, but you're telling me he was killed because
2: of aliens.
1: He was killed because of what he wanted to do with alien technology by the deep state. So we're still going to get Russia. We're still going to get the CIA. We're going to get a little majestic 12 as well. Um, And we're also going to be getting the history of secret moon base wars with the Russians. Oh my god, yep, and this that sounds like crank stuff, right? Sounds like yeah. crank stuff. This guy, actually, kind of on top of it. We're gonna cover, but I like him. <laughs> I like this him dude's so got well. the receipts. He, you know, he, here's the thing you gotta have the documents. That's all I ask is you have mm-hmm. the documents, and he has the documents, he's got them. So, we're gonna talk through the documents. Uh, so it'll be a very exciting episode today, Chris. But before we get to that. I was waiting for you to go. Tim time. There we go. <laughs> we got to go check out the Coast to Coast AM blog with Tim Tim Timmy. So today's, today's article, Chris. Creepy clown steals candy from church. Okay. Keep going. I, I have my doubts already. Is this a Halloween thing? It's sort of a Halloween thing. Yeah. Okay. I just Let's like go. these clown stories. I think that Tim Banal has a Google alert set to clown. Because he has a lot of them. Right. So, from the article. Authorities in Ohio are on the hunt for a creepy clown who inexplicably broke into a church in order to steal their Halloween candy. The weird incident reportedly occurred last Tuesday evening at the Marne Methodist Church in the community of Newark. According to police... A mysterious individual clad in a clown mask managed to make his way into the building and then immediately made a beeline for a bowl of candy that was sitting in the hands of a scarecrow. Paul, it's kind of funny because the inexplicable part was that he broke into a church. I don't know how inexplicable that is. It's true. That's maybe the wrong adverb to use from our friend's old Timmy Banal. I would think the more inexplicable part is the fact that he's dressed like a clown, right? Or, or I, I mean, honestly, none of this is very specifically stealing candy. Yeah, I you think know. he went in there for like gold crosses and stuff, and was like, "Oh, this isn't a twelve hundreds church." Just ended up really disappointed. The Methodists don't have anything shiny. No, no gold, dude. No Methodists gold. Just Don't have gold stuff. You got to go Catholic if you want some good relics. It's hard out there, man. Well, the proverbial Grinch of the spooky season then pre- proceeded to dump all of the sweet treats into a bag before yanking an alarm system off a wall and then exiting the church. What a dingleberry, dude. He also did a fire alarm on Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is crazy. Okay, keep going. All right. It is uncertain if the alarm, which alerted police to the ne'er-do-wells presence presence in the church caused the clown to cut his caper short or if he had simply burst into the church specifically to steal the candy okay he ripped it off and then left when the alarm went off like of course that was his plan it seemed like he wanted to alert the police to this this is all i mean yeah this guy planned to steal this candy yeah he just really wanted this candy i guess okay keep going As one might imagine, cops are keen to catch the culprit and are calling on the public to contact them with any leads as to the Harlequin's identity. While the stolen candy amounted to a mere $30, the individual behind the bizarre heist could face serious consequences for his actions as he actually committed a felony by breaking into the church. And conviction for such a crime carries a 6-12 to month prison sentence, which is a rather long time to spend in jail for stealing what will be given away for free at homes across America on Halloween. You kind of got to feel bad for the guy. Like, are you in such dire straits that you got to steal $30 worth of candy from a church? And what's the reason for that? Because number one, churches have food banks. So you can get some more healthy, nutritious food from them. Yeah. And like, dude, literally all these places do trunk or treat now. Find yourself a kid. and Dress them up. And go get you some free candy. They're giving it away, you turkey. I don't even know if you need a kid. I think you can just walk around and ask people for candy. Like, if someone okay, asked you yeah. for candy, would you say no on Halloween? This dude is obviously slow. They'll give it to him. No need to steal, buddy. No need to steal. Oh, my gosh, dude. It I So, I take back what I said. That was an inexplicable story. <laughs> because of how that little was, sense it makes. That was actually... And, like, dude, if you're actually hungry, stealing a bunch of candy isn't going to help. That's the worst way. To, you're just going to make yourself sick. You're going to make yourself sick. Well, be on the lookout for clowns stealing candy because apparently it's an epidemic, I would say. I wonder if it was, like, an anti-Methodist thing, probably a Baptist. The Baptist broke in to steal the Methodist candy. Yeah. That would make the most sense. Well, but here's the thing, dude. Back in, if they're Southern Baptists. They may not practice Halloween, so maybe it isn't the Baptist, dude. Maybe it's a uh, Baptist trick. Well, the Baptists are sabotaging their Halloween, maybe. Yeah, We'll figure it out. We'll unpack it. So, housekeeping. We have an email address. Send your thoughts or episode requests to c2cpmpod at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes. We run off of your good vibes because we do this for free. So send us your thoughts, requests, whatever it is. Or general love is always appreciated. Uh, if you like Posse the show. vibes only. Only. If, if you like the show, drop us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and smash that subscribe button. We release an episode every Thursday, and we'll make sure that you never miss an episode. And thank you for everyone that has told friends about us. We don't advertise or go on other podcasts. This is 100% organic, so we love you, and we appreciate you. Artisanal, baby. Artisanal podcast. Yes, sir. So now it is time for our episode, Chris. Uh, Our buddy, Mike Barra, who we're going to be listening to today, is the author of multiple books, including Dark Mission, The Secret History of NASA, and Aliens and JFK which is fitting. Uh, I was going to say, that must be where a lot of this comes from. It's where most of it comes from, I think. Uh, and he's been on multiple TV shows across Science Channel, History Channel, and Discovery Channel, mainly talking about the UFOs or the moon. Okay, cool. So he's a TV personality of sorts. Yeah, Mr. Barra. Now, obviously, this this JFK story that we're about to weave, it has a lot to do with the moon and what we've been able to find on the moon, right? So we got to get something out of the way first. Did we actually go to the moon chris? yeah dude that's 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 Georgie's number one question table stakes here,
0: yeah, lots to talk with you about tonight, but let's start with this moon landing and this apparent hoax, which I don't believe we went to the moon. I know astronauts, you've known astronauts. What's yeah. your take on this?
2: well, absolutely we went to the moon and and most of the series are just they're they're just so silly I mean all these these things that people um talk about and mention and I, you know i don't want to go into a whole litany of them but stuff about the photography they get that all wrong about the physics they get that all wrong the radiation they get that stuff all wrong and it, it's it's really to me it's a problem because i think the main theme of all the things we're going to talk about tonight is that to my mind they are distractions from the real conspiracy the real conspiracy about the moon is the fat is like what were the motivations for really going which relates to president kennedy Mm -hmm. and what did we really do when we were there
1: dang dude this dude is starting strong
2: i told you
1: strong start dude yeah that was awesome yeah he's on it dude he is he is on it and he's he's clearly a smart guy i think is the biggest thing and it I think a lot of times on the show, Chris, when we've talked about this a lot, people don't have their lore down. They don't have a good narrative. Uh, He has a good narrative, right? He's on top of it. Yeah, dude. I really like, and I know Georgie loved it. And I think this is something we've been trying to do with this podcast. Get the conspiracy and paranormal realm to like tighten up the loose screws. (laughs) Yeah. Like tighten that crap down. And yeah, we went to the moon. You can, I I will accept an argument for 1969. We didn't go. But to say that we've never been, I think is absolutely ridiculous. And then that's the thing is that we went multiple times, right? Right. We kept going to the moon and the, right. we we didn't need to keep faking that. Like, why would we? Yeah. There's what people yeah. like, oh, winning the space race for the first one. I'm like, okay, at least you can make an argument there. But like, why were there three other Apollo missions where we landed people? Yeah, if we faked all that no one gave a shit yeah and like and by this time dude there's like too many pictures and videos and astronauts like literally there have now been like a hundred astronauts who have been up in space you can actually like, if you have just, a powerful enough telescope you can see the the lunar module equipment like the landing right. equipment yeah yeah Which that's is pretty cool. uh, so anyways that a lot of this stuff, dude, I'm right there with them. Ridiculous. Yeah. And he, Ridiculous. he breaks down a few of them. One of the more interesting ones that I hadn't heard of was that Stanley Kubrick actually filmed the moon landing. Like he was. Yes. The one who faked it. I've heard so, this one that he was the 1969 yeah. director of the fake film for the lunar landing. And apparently it has a lot to do with people think that he, he hid messages in his movies. Uh, about the fact that he faked the moon landing, so he goes into that a little bit, and I thought that this was a pretty interesting bit of debunking that Mike does. Let's do it.
0: Didn't Stanley Kubrick do some kind of filming on a soundstage?
2: Yeah, he he did, and and to me, you know, this is this is one of the most ridiculous theories that's out there, which is that Stanley Kubrick secretly filmed the moon landings using. 1960s technology to produce the the films that we all saw the video that we all saw coming in basically live you know delayed by a few seconds from the
0: lunar surface right. the, the, the grainy black and white stuff
2: and the color stuff and remember it got progressively better George because they kept sending better cameras to the moon and better video cameras. Sure. So it kept getting better I think once they were comfortable that we couldn't see any of the artificial structures in the background with the cameras they were using, they got they got braver and they started sending better cameras. And one of the things we did is we went and interviewed his personal assistant. His personal assistant was a guy named Leon Vitale. Grilled him and he just said, No, it's all nonsense. Kubrick was a was a fan of, of space travel and space exploration. That's why he put, you know, a kid in an Apollo eleven sweater in the shining and things like that.
1: So we got a little foreshadowing with this one there's structures on the moon there are alien structures on the moon but we haven't really glossed over that yes glossed over that he did he did yeah once they knew that they didn't have to get the lunar structures the artificial structures in there then nasa didn't care and it's like oh let's expound on that (laughs) you're bearing the lead buddy yeah So let's jump into that, right? So, like, what was the reason we went to the moon? Because according to Mike, it was not just to go to the moon, right? This was an archaeological mission. Essentially, yeah. Holy cow.
2: And what it was is that, you know, that race we just talked about, the Anunnaki, that were here way back at the beginning of recorded time in history, they were on the moon. I mean, they absolutely were there. They built structures. They built um, buildings. And they left behind a lot of equipment and a lot of technology, and that is the secret reason why we wanted to go to the moon in the first place and why we had to beat the Russians there because, you know, we were going to be the first that we're going to go back, get that stuff, bring it back to Earth, and then reverse-engineer it. And that was the whole purpose of the Apollo program. So, all right, dude, he
1: drops Anunnaki. Yes. Is this the general belief that – Aliens came down to ancient humans. We became like a slave race for them to collect gold or some kind of resource. We rebel or some alien starts giving us knowledge that we're not supposed to have. Is that what he's talking about when he's mentioning Donunaki? Naki? He does not get into that. So not actually okay. entirely certain what his belief structure is around ancient aliens. I got the vibe that these were aliens that were around before humans and their technology okay. was left on the moon. I don't actually know that for certain. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I haven't read his book. I don't really want to read his book, but he, it's, it's not re- really relevant to the theory, um, if that helps at all. Okay, cool. I was just curious because Anunnaki for me definitely brings up a whole kind of general alien conspiracy, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it could be right. It it could be related to kind of the more traditional like ancient aliens coming to to early man. Uh, But what he's specifically talking about here is just there there is alien technology on the moon. They had structures on the moon and that's why we went. Yeah, they came and visited and left and humans were none the wiser the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or potentially before humans were even here, right? Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Could have been millions of years yeah. ago. Yeah. So number one here, obviously, US getting to the moon, getting this alien technology, but the Russians were falling behind. And this dude, the US is its own
2: planet.
1: <laughs> it's its own planet. Uh, but we they were falling behind, right? Which was right. Creating a problem. We had jumped
2: ahead of them. I mean, Von Braun had figured out some very important stuff about how to navigate in space because, you know, the physics that we all thought was the real physics turned out to be not quite the complete picture. And he did some experiments and and noticed some things and figured out how to navigate to the moon and how we could get safely back. And so we jumped way ahead of the Russians because we figured this out ahead of them. They were having real difficulty navigating and getting to the moon. You know, the first time the first time the Russians tried to, tried to to basically hit the moon with a satellite, they missed it by 38,000 miles. Jeez. And that's 17 times the diameter of the moon itself.
1: You know, it's funny, though, but 38,000 miles in, like, astronomical terms is not that large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind, that is kind of a little interesting. He really does have the fact no he's he's got it down dude he's on top of it he knows Um, his history yeah and you know shout out um to to america you know we we were winning the race at this point um we got better nazis than the russians uh yes uh von braun famously made the v2 rockets that Germany launched at the UK during World War II, we stole them afterwards, and he created the Saturn V rocket. So we just got the best Nazis, you know. That's yeah. what we did in the United States. Yeah, baby, Operation so, Paperclip. Yeah, they ran. I mean, uh Huntsville, Alabama, is still incredibly German because of how many All Nazis right. we brought. No one talks about this, but yeah, it's ton of Germans are still there. It's it's a very German town. So we, you know, we're kicking ass, right? What does this yeah. have to do with Kennedy getting killed, Chris? Well, Kennedy is is overseeing a lot of this in NASA, right? This is mm-hmm. really the heyday of NASA's right there in the late 50s, early 60s. And him overseeing it, he starts making some decisions, allegedly, that uh, the deep state did not
2: like. And then President Kennedy three times made the offer to Nikita Khrushchev, let's go to the moon together. Let's not fight. Let's not get into a conflict over this. Let's join together and share the discoveries that we make on the moon. And, of course, that's actually, in my opinion, what got President Kennedy killed. According to Khrushchev's own son, um, Sergei, who was a, a senior fellow at Brown University for a long time, he said his father had accepted it. And he went uh, you know, on a walk with his father. He said, late October, early November 1963, And Nikita Khrushchev told him that I think we have to accept this deal, you know, before we didn't need to, because like you said, George, we were, we, the Soviet Union, were ahead in the space race, but now we're behind and I don't think we're going to be able to catch up to the Americans.
1: It's funny because that is always an element in a lot of JFK assassination stories, especially when it comes from the deep state that it has to do with him opening relations with the Soviet Union. And that's the thing's that's always made the most sense to me because the the cold war mentality that a lot of these FBI and CIA folks had like they considered Russia to be an existential threat to the existence of both America and humanity. Right. So, I could see them doing something like killing a president in order to keep relations from being built up with Russia like it it does kind of fit with the rhetoric of the time right this is this is pretty fascinating stuff dude did you check into the Khrushchev stuff I was not able to validate the Khrushchev story I can do some more digging on that Uh, but I do have some more details around some of the other stuff he's going to talk through today okay let's let's keep going I, I would love to hear more so what we have, you know, JFK wanting to open relations, and part of that is actually opening offices to better co- cooperate with Russia, right? Okay.
2: And then um, it turns out, like less than I don't know about eight or nine, ten days later, Kennedy issues these two national security action memos, which you can get in in my book, you know, Ancient Aliens and JFK. You actually, I actually show you the documents, and one of them says to Director CIA, uh, "Hey, get an office set up." So that we can start exchanging information with the Russians on the differences between our secret projects and bona fide UFOs, and then he directs the uh, James Webb, the director of NASA, to uh, go ahead and open up an office to begin exchanging technological information with the Russians. That the date of that was November twelfth, nineteen sixty-three, which is exactly ten days before. They blew Kennedy's head off in Dealey Plaza. So uh, I'm not saying that was the reason, but it's pretty clear, George, that's the reason. I'm not saying that's the reason, but that was the reason.
1: That was the reason. That was the reason. Yeah, That is really fascinating stuff. So the memo that he was referring to, Chris, the November 12th, 1963 JFK UFO memo was first published by a paranormal investigator, William Lester, who put it in his book on JFK, uh, that was instructing the U.S. to cooperate with Russia on quote unquote UFO research. The memo doesn't actually use the word UFOs. It uses the word unknowns. So it was like known and unknown. The idea being in in the way it's been interpreted by ufologists is what he's talking about is we need to make sure the Russians know which planes are ours and which ones are UFOs because we don't want them thinking that UFOs are us. Right. Yeah. Mm. Like accidentally start an intergalactic incident because the Soviets start shooting down UFOs or start a, uh, a terrestrial incident because the, soviets think that a ufo is a u.s spy plane ah that was that was uh jfk's big concern according to that memo this is a real government memo it is allegedly a real government memo there have been some actual uh say actual journalists who have tried to look into it and they have not been able to get a carbon copy of this memo from any of the archives in uh, the United States government that I've been able to find. So I think that it's a bit in question whether or not it's real or not. Um, kind of up in the air. That pretty fascinating stuff, though. Okay, so what else have we got? All right, so next up we have the burned memo. So he's going to talk a bit about this one. So these are two big memos that uh, the JFK UFO assassination folks talk about. Okay.
2: And there's also another document called the burn memo where it talks about um, look, he's asking questions that we don't want him to be asking and we aren't going to answer, so we have to consider whether we might need to take further action. And there's just no question that Majestic 12, MJ-12, the, the early precursor to the deep state that we have now, decided that that was it. They were not going to do it because they all knew, George. They knew that there was ancient extraterrestrial alien technology on the moon, and Kennedy was not only going to let the Russians see it and touch it he was gonna let him have some of it. And and that was absolutely unacceptable to the people inside the deep state, the Majestic 12, the CIA, Alan Dulles, people like that. They just were not gonna to tolerate that.
1: What was this technology? So, well, let's let's get through some of those definitions first, right? Okay. So he mentioned All the right. Majestic 12. That is a classic yeah, what is that of UFO uh, lore, right? So the okay. Majestic 12 <laughs> is a super secret organization made up of, like, government officials, spooks, scientists, folks like that, who are keeping aliens a secret from the, from the world, right? So it's deep inside the U.S. government is what the Majestic 12 is. Then he digs into the Burned Memo. So the burned memo is also a classic part of ufologist lore from the 90s. It was a nine-page partially burned memo that was sent to the UFO investigator Timothy Cooper by an allegedly uh, unknown CIA leaker who said that he pulled the memo out of a CIA building while they were burning their most sensitive files. (laughs) Oh, typical CIA, dude. Yeah. All right, what else? So in this memo, the director of the CIA was allegedly writing that there were inquiries being made by the president that could not be allowed, and that his team needed to submit their recommendations on how to deal with it moving forward. What? So the idea being was that JFK was asking questions about UFOs, and the CIA was like, we can't have that. How are we going to deal with this? So what's the veracity of this memo? I would say less than the JFK UFO memo from 1963. Okay. This was published by a ufologist uh in burned form in his book so it's one of those things where no one's really been able to validate it or prove that it's real uh there is a guy who bought it off of this ufologist timothy cooper who's no relation to bill cooper by the way and he said that he's had it carbon dated and tested and tested the watermark and said that all of this the tests came back and showed that it was legitimate so at least in, in that guy's opinion this is a real document But here's the thing, right? The government has stopped the opening of documents that have to do with the JFK assassination. To this day, to this day, three presidents, Obama, Trump, and Biden, have all kept the JFK assassination documents sealed. So I can totally see How these, you know, secret memos aren't coming up in Freedom of Information Act requests. That's the biggest problem, right, is that we we, uh, the way that our government uses secrecy to protect themselves and to really insulate the intelligence community is completely insane. And they just mark everything secret and then no one can get a hold of it. And like you said, like with these JFK documents, the dates keep getting pushed out. It was a trove was supposed to be released in October. I think it was. uh, And then Biden pushed it out until December. So now we have to wait even longer to, you know, see if these documents ever come. out. I'm sure he'll push it again. Right. Right. And it's like, what about these documents from the 60s threaten national security? Today. Today. Yeah. Come on. And the ufologists have a great point in that so much of this is kept secret. Why? Why? And, like, alien technology would be kind of a huge reason to assassinate a president. Yeah. Like, this goes beyond, like, you didn't like what you were he was doing. Going out of your way to assassinate the president of the United States there has to be some kind of more secret cabal than we're seeing. Yeah. It would, it would have to be, you know, the president would be some sort of existential threat. Right. Right. And I think the other big thing too, is that conspiracy always lives in the cracks, right? The flaws of a story, like those, those threads that, that really aren't, done yet right and it, right that just happens with reality right whenever you are creating a story based on real events there are going to be cracks there are going to be issues because it's not fake right There, there's always problems that that th- things don't add up right humans are complicated mm-hmm. and the jfk story is so complicated and so weird that i think it's just ripe and it, it's such a big event too right It's so major change the course of the country. It's ripe for conspiracy theorists to jump in. And when so many things are kept secret, when so much is held back, there's a lot of cracks for people to fill it with stories. And there's so many areas to point at, right? The Dulles brothers Mm -hmm. being involved with the investigation, even though Kennedy fired him. Right. Yeah. And like, All of these, like, little cabals and all these little, you know, um, the JFK movie that Mm -hmm. Oliver Stone did. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of that stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot of questions that have not been answered. The elite power structure did not want to push and did not want to dig into what actually happened. And so there was a, I believe, concerted effort to cover it up as much as they could. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, is the the dichotomy there between the JFK assassination and RFK assassination, because when Robert Kennedy was assassinated, the police knew all of the conspiracies that popped up with JFK and made a concerted effort to record and document as much as they possibly could. And right. with that, I think there have been less conspiracies because I think RFK is something that they have been more open about. Right. Um, that said, there are still a lot of conspiracies about like Sirhan Sirhan being brainwashed <laughs> to, to kill him, and like right, you know, there a woman in a blue dress. I think you know was was in the room and had something to do with it and like set off triggers. So there still are always going to be conspiracies, but yeah, it's it's the refusal to either look into it. Or be public about the information that you find. I don't know which it is, but it's one of the two that create these sorts of stories, right? And these conspiracies. Yeah, it could, at the end of the day, be one of those things where the cover-up is worse than the crime. Which is very possible. It is is entirely possible. But what are they covering up? Uh, Moon technology, Chris. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So getting back to our episode... What's the proof of the moon technology? Because according to uh, our good friend, Mike, that is the basis of of his entire conspiracy of why JFK got assassinated.
2: Again, I can show you pictures taken from a lunar surface that, by the way, everybody are from the lunar surface. And there are things that at first look like rocks. And when you start zooming up at them and looking at them, they're clearly pieces of technology strewn all over the lunar surface. I mean, there's this big giant sort of, robot head-looking thing in Shorty Crater. There's other instruments all over the place. So I think it would be very easy for the astronauts to have picked some of this stuff up, brought it home, and that to have been studied and reverse-engineered. And and also, don't forget, there's another document out there that came out, gosh, just a couple years ago. And it was a WikiLeaks document that said that not only was there a secret American base on the backside of the moon, the dark side of the moon, but it says that the Russians nuked it with a nuclear weapon in 1979. Now, all we have is the metadata for this document. I know um, some other people have been trying to get a hold of it now for two or three years, the actual document, but this is a real U.S. government DOD document.
1: We nuked the moon. The Russians nuked the dark side of the moon. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of metal, though. What I love about this guy, though, is he's just firing off, dude. He is firing so many things off so there was a lot there there was a lot there one of the things he mentioned was pictures from the moon that showed alien technology right yes i have those pictures for you chris oh my god please let me see those pictures all right when he was referring to the robot head that was in a canyon this is the picture that he was referring to he posted this in conjunction with his uh appearance on coast to coast am so i know it's the exact one he's talking about uh, Chris, you by describing what you're seeing from this moon picture here. Dude, I don't even know if I can do it properly. It does kind of look like a face, but I can also see it being completely geological. Yeah, and that's the thing with these is that um, I, I think that we're looking at clouds in a way of like, oh, that looks like right, a dinosaur. Right. I, it, it's a blurry JPEG. I, I don't yeah. see alien technology here. Yeah, it almost kind of looks like a UFO with tentacles. It does a little bit actually, yeah. Kind of like a, a sentinel from the Matrix. <laughs> right. There you go. Very good. Very good. So I, I'm not convinced by that one. I'm gonna need him some, some better pictures. But yeah, more pictures, please, sir. The other big one there, Chris. The secret moon base. Yeah, big that was big. And what he mentioned was real. This was the thing that happened with WikiLeaks. What, are you serious? Yes. So here's the story, right? Okay. So in 2017, WikiLeaks published one of their many troves of leaked documents, right? And okay. if you're unfamiliar with how uh, WikiLeaks, you know, dump works, they literally just dump, you know, terabytes of documentation all at once that they that they got out from. from yeah, it's hundreds, public. sometimes thousands of individual pieces of documents. Yeah, it's like indiscriminate, it's just like all this stuff. So right. one of the leaked documents showed metadata for another document that was titled, quote, Report That Russia Destroyed Secret Base on the Moon, end quote. But no document was actually available. We only had the files titled, but not the file itself. But it was oh in the WikiLeaks God. data that was that was released. So it was, there. What this the was heck? government file. Yeah. All right. Do we have any more? We do have more. So uh, in 2019, a Freedom of Information Act request was submitted by a website called Black Vault, asking for this very specific document, right? So the government released the document to them, and it turns out that this was a response letter sent to a House of Representatives member named Samuel Devine. Devine had gotten a letter from one of his constituents named Said Arbogast, I think is how you say this, who asked him about the, quote, Battle of the Harvest Moon. So divine, on behalf of his constituents, submitted the request to the government, who then responded back. And that was the file that he was referring to. Uh, and I actually did pull that file for us, Chris, to look at. Let's take a look at this, dude. This is all nutso. All right. So reading from the declassified moon base attack document, January 24th, 1979, dear Mr. Divine. I have received your inquiry of January 11th regarding the concern of your constituent, Mr. Saeed Arbogast, over a report that the Soviet Union destroyed a secret U.S. moon base on the moon in 1977, an action reportedly referred to as the, quote, battle of the harvest moon. Certainly, Mr. Arbogast's query about the Soviet destruction of a secret U.S. moon base is one of the more unique ones we have received in some time. Please assure him that the United States has never had base on the moon the Soviet Union has not attacked that celestial body in any way and there was no battle of the harvest moon sincerely Douglas Bennett Jr. Assistant Secretary for Congressional Relations. That all sounds highly suspect to me Paul. Does that sound suspect? That sounds so suspect to me there was definitely a battle of the harvest moon in which the Soviet Union definitely nuked a definite U.S secret military base on the dark side of the moon, Paul. You know what? I think you're right, Chris. This is a cover-up. This yeah. stinks to high heaven. Yeah, this is... This, this has <laughs> the smell of conspiracy all over to me. I just... I do love the fact, though, that this stuff has been around for so long, where this guy so was writing long. to his congressperson saying so long. that the Russians nuked our moon base. That's so incredible. And... How awesome that the congressman was like, sounds pretty convincing to me. Let me ask about it. Let me dig in for you, buddy. Let me. You know what? I, I don't know much about the secret moon base or the Soviets nuking it. Let me take a look for you that's what we're missing in government nowadays i feel like our reps are so disconnected from us what happened to the days when they worked for us man that's right where i can call them up and say hey where's the secret moon base and they're like let me find out let me find out where that secret moon base is actually i want to know too it's the good old days man the good old days well that is the story of the battle of the harvest moon chris where russia nuked our moon base all right so inconclusive inconclusive this is what you're telling me okay listen it's not proven wrong. It's just inconclusive. Right. So here's the thing. Clearly we went to the moon. There's artifacts on the moon. JFK was killed because of this, but who killed JFK? Right. Who did? Who fired those shots? Who?
2: You know, I I had always targeted two people as the assassins, Lee Harvey Oswald in the school book depository, sixth floor window, and J.D. Tippett on the grassy knoll. And it says... Right in there in one of the documents, one of the FBI documents, it says, you know, we have a witness that saw police officer Tippett and Lee Harvey Oswald together a week before the assassination. Guess where they were, George? Jack Ruby's bar.
1: Whoa. Big time. And Jack Ruby is who assassinates Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. Who is – this Tippett
2: character so let's dig into Tippett. so ruby and oswald and Tippett were all together and and here's the thing after the assassination lee harvey oswald he was never charged with the murder of president kennedy he was charged with the murder of a dallas police officer that he shot dead 30 minutes after the kennedy assassin
0: in a movie theater
2: well just outside a movie theater right. and where, that police where he was officer, hiding right was J.D. Tippett. That's right. So if you look if you look at it like this, these three guys meet, they're planning the assassination, Oswald and Tippett kill Kennedy, Oswald kills Tippett, has orders to kill Tippett, he kills him, Ruby kills Oswald, Jack Ruby becomes a single point failure, and he never
0: talked. Far, far out theory, Michael, but there had to have been others involved. So
1: Tippett is the patrolman who was in the grassy knoll, filed, fired the shot that actually killed Kennedy, was then killed by Oswald, and then Jack Ruby tied everything in a nice little bow. Got to get rid of those loose ends, baby. Yeah. And what he was talking about is true. So he has posted that on his website. Uh, but what the document that has been released says, and this is from the government, was that one week before the assassination, Patrolman Tippett, the head of the John Birch Society in Dallas, and an unnamed third party suggested uh, by these individuals who were giving the information, uh, but this person was possibly Oswald were together in Jack Ruby's nightclub. Holy crap, dude. He was a part of the John Birch Society. Apparently, it yeah. It was. Yeah. Dude, that is kind of damning evidence, too. The John Birch Society, super conservative, anti-communist, like, borderline Nazis. Yeah, like, terrifyingly anti-communist to where it wasn't just like communism is bad. It was like, yeah, it's, they were almost fascist. Right. Yeah. But- those were the only three involved or does he believe that there was a grander conspiracy? Oh, there was a much grander conspiracy, Chris. And it went all the way, not to the top. Cause I guess JFK was the top, but it went all the way up to LBJ. Okay.
2: There's a picture of the limousine. And this is a photograph that was taken just after president Kennedy had been shot for the first time, but before the fatal shot from the grassy knoll. And it shows not only the Kennedy limo, but the following secret service limo. And then behind that, is Lyndon Johnson's limo. And if you look at this picture, you can see Senator Yarborough from Texas. In the middle seat is Lady Bird Johnson, who would you know, later become the first lady. And in the seat next to them is supposed to be Vice President Lyndon Johnson. We've got pictures of him in that seat. He's not there. You know why? Because he knew as soon as they turned that corner, the shots were going to start firing. He was already ducking by the time the first shot had been fired, George.
0: So you're one of those believers that think LBJ was part of this. Absolutely, he was part of it. Do you have that picture?
1: Yes, Chris, I do have that picture. So you can see here an isolated uh, image of LBJ's car. And then you can sort of, I guess, see that LBJ, I don't know. This is too blurry. I can't see anything in this, I'll be totally honest. Yeah, not conclusive, Paul. Also inconclusive not very conclusive paul but, but here is interesting but very it's interesting it's an interesting theory uh what is conclusive though is that lbj was working with majestic 12 chris
2: but i think what happened is that mj 12 these people came to johnson and he helped arrange the whole thing because all these guys have connections to to organizations that johnson was a part of and you know at Dealey plaza george I've stood there on the grassy knoll where we had the picture of the the so-called badge man, which right. is a guy in the Dallas police uh, uniform that fired the rifle shot, the headshot, which I think we can prove six ways from Sunday came from the front from the grassy knoll. Paul, can you go
1: a little bit more into this Majestic 12 for us? So the Majestic 12, very old school conspiracy theory, right? And okay. it is that there is a secret organization known as the Majestic 12 that is a committee of like different scientists and like military folks and government officials that was formed by order of president Truman to investigate alien spacecraft. So So these are like the men in black from the Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith movie. Yeah. Men in black, but very powerful. It's like the earliest incarnation of what we refer to now as the deep state kind of conspiracy theory, where there's this shadowy cabal of folks behind the scenes in our governments who are pulling the strings. Right. That's Majestic 12. Uh, it was very big in Bill Cooper's um, I don't know what to call it, I guess conspiracy wheeling. Uh, in Behold the Pale Horse, he talks about the Majestic 12 a lot. Um, okay. It, it's kind of fallen out of most conspiracies. It's pretty old school, but that's that's basically what it is. So the idea is Majestic 12, you know, with CIA people in it, FBI people in it heard that JFK was wanting to share this alien technology and then synced up with LBJ who wanted to become president to have JFK assassinated. Wow. Very, very interesting. Definitely a different take on the JFK assassination though. Very different, but I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, no, It's, it's so far, it's been very interesting and he's brought up a couple of things that I'll definitely need to look a little bit more into. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that he talks about, too, is, you know, what would have happened if, if JFK had lived? And it's it's basically like we probably would have ended the Cold War. Like a lot of this would have happened differently.
2: Changed the course of history in more ways than we even know because of the fact that Kennedy did not bring the United States and the Soviet Union together. And instead we had, what, 40 more years of the Cold War, 30 more and
0: years. And we still have it.
2: And we still have it in a way. Yeah. Again, yeah, again, we're try- they're trying to beat the drums of war into Ukraine right now, and George, it's it's ridiculous. These areas of the Ukraine and the Baltic states and the Crimea, they, they're they Russian. They speak Russian. They want to be part of Russia. This isn't an invasion. This has all been prearranged and agreed to.
1: So they gets into a little Ooh. Putin apologist. <laughs> Out of Ooh.
2: nowhere. He just he comes
1: coast in to coast. Coast to coast PM does not endorse <laughs> anything said by any of these people on... Coast to coast to AM that are not oh, our thoughts. If we aren't saying them, if we aren't saying them, not our thoughts. Isn't that wild, dude? He just dropped that out of nowhere. He went full on. Those were Russian territories, not Ukrainian territories. It Very was, bold, it, Paul. It was jarring, though. I was like, we were not talking about that. <laughs> Very bold, Paul. So, that's that's a little bit of that. Yeah, I, I like uh, his alien stuff. Not a big fan of his geopolitics, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, the Crimea was Russian. <laughs> you got to believe me. He's a Russophile, man. Oh, my God, dude. Now I kind of see why he's so pro-Soviet Union and all this stuff. Yeah, that may be something to do with it, honestly. Oh, it, my it God. Maybe. All right, so Chris, like we had discussed earlier, he is a big believer in the fact that we landed on the moon, right? Right. But not all of the callers agree. So we have a caller who calls in and mentions Van Allen radiation, which is, Van is that something Allen you're familiar radiation. with? No, I don't no idea what that is. I had never heard of it before or either. So Van Allen radiation uh, is a zone of radiation held around the earth by our magnetosphere, right? So this is radiation that's coming from solar wind and other cosmic particles. And then we trap it like around earth. And then mm. that field deflects other particles, which keeps okay. our atmosphere from being entirely destroyed. All right. I didn't realize that's what it was called, but I understand the general theory. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that a lot of moon hoaxers have had is that this radiation belt would kill you. So no one could have gone through it. Therefore, the moon landing is fake. So he addresses that point pretty directly.
0: Yes. Uh- Russia sent a round-trip uh, rocket uh, around the moon, and they all came back dead. They never addressed the Van Allen radiation belts that are out there. We hear a lot about that, Michael. What do you think?
2: Well, yeah, that's one of the things on the show that I did for his, uh, Science Channel, Truth Behind the Moon Landing, where we looked at the kinds of particles that are in the Van Allen belt. First of all, we got through the belt because we went through really fast. The astronauts had very short exposure. The spacecraft itself had a lot of protection, and and you can basically shut down about 99% of the alpha particles with a sheet of plexiglass. And with a very, very thin sheet of aluminum, you can shut down about 90% of the beta particles. So their exposure was very, very slight. And there is a whole report um, online on NASA where they tell you everything about the radiation exposure of the astronauts. And they actually had decimeters on them where they monitored their constant radiation, and none of them ever got more than a than one radium.
1: So that was a pretty good explanation. He he gets you know he he gets it. He gets it. I think. In some yeah, aspects. he he he's added enough science that he's got something real solid here. And the other interesting thing that the caller mentioned was the three cosmonauts who died. Right. Yeah. What was that about? So that was actually a really interesting piece of, of astronaut history. So, and then this comes directly from astronomy.com. Uh, there were three Russian cosmonauts who went into space on the Soyuz 11 in 1971. And their mission was to dock with the first space station, which was called the Salyut 1. So this was a Russian uh, built space station. So these three astronauts stayed on the station for three weeks and then returned to earth. On June 29th of that year, the Soyuz 11 began its descent back to Earth and safely landed in Kazakhstan as was planned. When the retrieval team opened the capsule, they found that all three cosmonauts were dead and were still strapped into their crash couches. Turns out that this fatal accident was a result of a faulty valve seal on the spacecraft's descent vehicle that burst open, depressurized the unit, and killed all of the astronauts. Uh, These were the three only fatalities to actually occur in space. Every other fatality occurs uh, when uh, you're launching or when you're actually landing uh these folks actually died in outer space when the seal broke and ever since then uh cosmonauts have to wear pressurized suits during re-entry which is a practice that exists to this day after this tragedy dude holy cow that was intense i didn't know about that i did not either it's one of those like russian space history things that that, you don't get taught in the states i don't think
2: right like
1: Yuri gargarian was the first human in space yeah exactly and basically what this caller was saying was that Russians sent these cosmonauts and they died from radiation. Right. And that wasn't the case. And that wasn't the case. They died from depressurization. Like when they opened the thing, when they opened the, uh, the, um, the landing module, uh, the, the astronauts were blue. They had like blood coming out of their noses and stuff. It was apparently. Oh God, dude. Yeah. I bet that was awful. Yeah. Early space flight, dude. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of with George on this. Where denying that humans got to space, I think, takes something away from humans. Mm-hmm. It takes away this great thing that we've done as a species, this incredible accomplishment that I really think does take us through to a next step on the evolutionary trajectory of Homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. And to say that that didn't happen, to say that it was all fake, like, kills my spirit a little bit. It sucks. It's it's one of the lamer conspiracies because I feel like a lot of paranormal or conspiracy talk, it's about, in a lot of ways, making the world more interesting than it really is. But that conspiracy makes the world substantially less interesting. And that's where it really bothers me. Exactly. I'm like, oh, you want to live in a lamer world yeah it deadens it it deadens (laughs) the the world we live in well and one of those people chris is our next caller who said that uh his spirit guide told him that aliens don't exist so a lot of this has to
2: be wrong (laughs) i love these guys dude oh my god go oh thank you george i'm very happy to be on i have something to say to mike i'm a medium and i have a spirit teacher her name is eleanor And she taught me something about UFOs and about aliens that i like to mention.
0: All right, go ahead.
2: Now, what it is, she taught me that there is actually no such thing as an alien or person. The only sentient creatures in existence are humans and plants
0: and animals. What do you think of that, Mike? Um,
2: Well, I think it's. It's interesting. I mean, there. you know, again, the the flat earthers, you know, they say that there's no aliens because there's no other planet. Uh, the stars and the planets are just bits of energy that get caught in the, the bubble, the firmament around the planet Earth, right? And um, and that there's no aliens that we see. Gosh, there has to be other intelligent life. Why would God only make one of us? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I do believe that there are what you would call alien intelligences, but you know, that also with mediums and things, George, you have to ask the question the right way. You have to like, because everything is literal. So who knows what, it, what is actually meant by that? Maybe no other species has the level of intelligence or the kind of intelligence.
1: He kind of uh, really thread the needle on that one. I was, that's why I included this. I was so impressed with that response where he's like, well you got to be careful with mediums because their answers are literal right. So right. It, it could be that they just don't have the same intelligence as us Not that there's not any intelligence. This is like, a man who has straddled the real world in the conspiracy world for a long time and and knows how to navigate it. Oh he is experienced man. like we have a lot to learn from Mr. Barra, <laughs> do we? we do we do i feel like he's done a pretty good job now i'm definitely going to have to think more about this alien technology on the moon finding alien technology but it there is a surprising number of similarities between michael barra and bob Lazar. Mm -hmm. i mean this kind of old alien technology that still apparently functions or we can at least deconstruct it enough that we can figure out technological aspects, maybe different ways that physics work or or whatever it is. That's an interesting little connection that the two of them have. That that is true that that we are reverse engineering um this technology that was left behind in a way. Right. That definitely right. is a thing. I am curious why we have to go to the moon to get it. Like, did the Anunnaki not leave it on Earth, or is there like more stuff on the moon, cooler stuff on the moon? Is it where the shiniest stuff is? My general thinking is that because of the er- erosion on Earth, weather, oh. and stuff like that, that things would actually be able to last a lot longer on the moon, especially if it's like in a crater or kind of hidden behind some hills or something like that. I mean, there's still footprints from the original astronauts going to the moon. Yeah. You don't have all this pesky weather on the moon. Right. So that's that's one of my general thoughts is that, and it's probably easier to scan a, a wide array. I mean, especially with satellites now and stuff, they can probably pinpoint exactly where this technology is now.
0: Yeah, that is send, interesting.
1: And send their secret, you know, CIA space missions to go collect it. Well, and nowadays you can get some really powerful um, consumer telescopes. I'm wondering if Mike could give us coordinates for where this stuff is located and that we could maybe look at it ourselves yeah dude we got to get some friends who are astronomers because he didn't just say there's like a a ufo or something on there he said structures multiple i mean apparently they're all over the place they just covering the moon surface covering the moon surface are anunnaki structures that we can see with the the aid of a telescope this tech was so hot they killed a president to keep it a secret That's kind of fascinating to think about because that would have to be incredibly powerful tech technology. Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't like they found an alien iPod, (laughs) an alien Walkman, right? This, this is like faster than light travel. This is the ability to deconstruct atoms in different ways or rearrange atoms i mean they must anti-gravity possibly maybe cloaking mechanisms i mean it could be insane what what it is that they found laser technology hopefully we'll find out when biden finally releases those documents in december not happening looking forward to that trope not happening no chris it only got delayed because of covid they said they're going, they are going to ensure that everyone who was in the government at the time is dead. Is dead. We may be dead before all these documents come out. I'm not convinced. We're very though. old. We're yeah. very old. I mean, we we may have another decade at least before we actually ever see these documents. We're gonna find and out even, Mike Barra is right in the year 2050, <laughs> and even then. They're going to withhold stuff from us. Yeah. Let's not beat around the bush here. They always will. So anyways, all right, Mr. Barra, pretty good stuff, dude. On a scale of one to five moon UFOs, Chris, what do you give Mike? I'm giving them at least a three and a half or a four mm-hmm. UFOs. Nice, man. I, I, I'm I going to give him a three. I okay. would have given him a four except for the weird Russian politics thing that he just started throwing. And he went on a rant after that that I cut. I just want to give a little touch of it. Um, he lost me a little bit there. I was like, stay on the aliens, buddy. Stay on the aliens. Just a little too pro-Russian for you. Yeah. It, a maybe Russian nationalist. Yeah, A little Russian nationalist. Maybe it'll be yeah. a little weird. Just stick stick to the script. And, you know, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. So that's been the JFK Ancient Alien Moon Technology assassination episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with more of this inexplicable radio show. Thank you for listening. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.